0: In this segment, we're going to talk about the third and final tier in an RTI instructional frame, tier three, also known as intensive instruction. But I want to make something clear from the beginning, what it is not known as. It is not special ed. In an instructional frame of RTI with tiers one, two, and three, all students are within those three tiers. Some students might have a special ed label, but tier three is not special ed. Otherwise, the RTI model would just be general education tier one, pre-referral for special ed tier two, and then tier three would be special education, and that's not what this is. And the reason for that, and it's really important to understand this in tier three, probably more so than, than the other two tiers. What's important to understand is that students receiving Tier 3 instruction, and by the way, they're not Tier 3 students, they're students receiving Tier 3 instruction, they have to make proficiency as well. They have to make proficiency. So Tier 3 is the most intensive instruction that we have available in a building. It is delivered to very small groups of students or to students individually. It is based upon Data taken from diagnostic assessments, in addition to all of the other assessments that those students might be part of, as part of being a student in that building. For example, benchmarking assessments, progress monitoring, uh, high stakes or summative assessment, which would an example of which would be the FCAT. So, tier three is given more minutes than tier two and tier one. It is the most narrowly focused of the instruction, targeting those specific deficit areas that students have. And it also has to be linked to core instruction. Tier three instruction probably is is closer to that individual one-on-one instruction that we've always given in schools. What is different with tier three now, because those students have to make proficiency, is that in addition to the diagnostic assessments that we use to inform those interventions, we also continue to collect core assessments on these students to see how well they're doing relative to achieving state approved grade level benchmarks for proficiency. If you think that, Tier three is primarily special education students. You have to be aware of the fact that research data collected over the past number of years, monitoring the implementation of RTI across the United States has indicated that in fact, the majority of students who receive instruction in tier three are not special education students. Do special education students receive intensive tier three instruction? Absolutely. Do they comprise the majority of the students in Tier 3? No, they do not. So let's talk about Tier 3 instruction. Tier 3 instruction has to be for the most minutes. It has to be evidence-based strategies designed to improve student skills in identified deficit areas. Practice, pre-teaching, review, rehearsal, are all the kinds of strategies that are used in Tier 3 to move students as quickly as possible. Students in Tier 3 are the ones who are most likely going to be the farthest behind. They have the most growth to make. And if they are older students, that rate of growth that they have to make to catch up is formidable. Therefore, for students receiving Tier 3 instruction, some huge decisions and priorities have to be made. Once a student is more than two years behind in reading, for example, it's generally understood that we're going to have to double the number of minutes of reading per day that those students receive compared to what Tier 1 or core students receive. There's only 330 minutes in a school day. If we go from 90 minutes of reading instruction to 180, then 90 minutes of something else has to be given up there is no doubt that students who cannot read will not succeed in middle school and high school. Therefore, schools have to address the issue of whether or not reading is a higher priority than some other subject areas when you have to make decisions about what students are and are not going to get. As we have rolled out this RTI model in Florida, A typical scenario with a parent of a student who needs Tier 3 interventions goes something like this. By engaging in problem solving, the use of diagnostic assessments, we identify interventions that are going to be effective for that student. We know that those interventions, in order to move the student to a catch-up rate, have to be delivered an additional 90 minutes a day, for an example. However, we can't do that and have the student have the same instructional day as everybody else. So parents and the students are asked two questions. Do you want your student, your child, to be able to learn to read, to be successful in middle and high school? Or do you want your child to have the same day as everybody else? We have found 99.9% of parents answer that question Quickly, They say, I want my student to learn to read. The next question then is, then what is your student not going to get if they're going to get the extra 90 minutes of reading? There are lots of ways that this has been worked out. It's not quite as draconian as it sounds. We might pull a student out of another area that is not as directly related to reading, But the student would not miss the same area for the entire year. We rotate things that students do not participate in across grading periods or across four-week schedules. So students continue to receive exposure and content in those other areas. But the bottom line that teachers have to answer, that building principals have to address, is when students are more than two years behind, for example, in reading, does reading trump other areas. That's a discussion every staff has to have, that every school district has to have, because I'm going to go back to what I've said in some of the other segments. In order to catch a student up, you have to have high-quality instruction delivered in great quantities. There is no single instructional method that will make up for time for students who need intensive instruction. Integrating intensive instruction with core and supplemental also is a challenge to be addressed. There are basically two ways to go about Tier 3 instructional services. One is that Tier 3 is in addition to Tier 2 and Tier 1. That's a common method. Another common method is that Tier 3 is an alternate curriculum. That's students receiving Tier 3 instruction for reading, for example might receive 180 minutes a day or 160 minutes a day, but they're going to receive it as an alternate curriculum as opposed to tier three and receiving reading instruction in tier one. We really don't have a lot of research yet to let us know which is the better method, but both are now commonly used. So with tier three students who are getting tier two plus tier one, Those students would be receiving the most intensive instruction with the most focused instruction in Tier 3. Tier 2 would support and bridge the instruction delivered in Tier 3 and core instruction. So Tier 3 might be using pre-teaching, might be focusing on comprehension, might be focusing on vocabulary, pre-teaching material to increase comprehension skills those types of things, to bridge that gap between Tier 3 instruction, which might be focused in the area of reading, on phonemic awareness and phonics. Tier 2 would help bridge that with core instruction so that the students would have the experiences, the vocabulary, the pre-teaching to be successful in Tier 1. If it's an alternate curriculum, then smaller groups of students would be receiving their core reading instruction but delivered intensively, defined as, probably twice the number of minutes that typical kids would be receiving it, with tremendous focus on pre-teaching, practice, review, and re-teaching. Let's take, in a minute that we have left, the case where special education is involved. Special education students have intensive instructional needs but they also have the characteristics of an identified disorder, handicapping, disabling condition. Other students have the same intensive instructional needs, but don't meet the criteria for special education. So students receiving Tier 3 services are likely to have special education students and non-special education students who need the same intensive service. The label that a special education student has provides a couple of benefits. One, it provides protection under the law to meet the unique needs that those students present. And it provides opportunity for accommodation and other practices on high stakes assessments, district-wide assessments, and others. But it is the instructional needs of students That should group them together, not labels. So very quickly, let's suppose that you have a fifth grade student who has been identified as a student with a learning disability. In addition, that student is also receiving Title I reading services, but spends the majority of his or her time in core instruction. The average amount of, of services, time for a student with learning disabilities, is somewhere between 45 and 60 minutes a day. If they're receiving another 30 minutes of supplemental instruction, that's 90 out of 330. In other words, for 240 minutes a day, that student is still in core instruction in the general education classroom. How do we integrate these services? First thing is is that the general education teacher would provide the title and the special ed teacher with his or her lesson plans one to two weeks ahead of time. That way, those additional instructional providers know the content to focus on the content to apply their specialized instructional strategies to in order to make that bridge to core instruction. So with this example, let's say that the special education teacher is focusing on phonemic awareness and phonics, breaking the code for this student, trying to increase automaticity, increase some basic fluency, focusing on the strategies necessary to do that, but applying those strategies to the fifth grade reading book. If this student, let's say, is reading, At the second grade level but is in fifth grade, that fifth grade reading book has first grade reading words, second grade, third, fourth, fifth. The teacher, that special ed teacher could be applying those strategies to that fifth grade book which prepares prepares the student for core instruction a few days later and focusing it on the content from that lesson plan three or four days down the road. That student now sees how those strategies are applied to his or her core instructional materials, the vocabulary can be addressed, the meaning of the words can be addressed, which all builds comprehension skills and increases the student's comfort that they will be able to be successful next week with those materials. The title teacher is focusing on vocabulary, building some fluency, and comprehension. Comprehension with listening comprehension, computer-assisted instruction, books on tape, but what material is that Title I teacher focusing on? The material that the student is gonna be working on next week. Building those vocabularies, strategic vocabulary instruction rather than general. Building comprehension skills for the content to be discussed next week. And quite honestly, probably doing some pre-teaching for decoding in that fifth grade book. So the Title teacher would tell the general education teacher that this student next week on Tuesday will be prepared to read these three sentences. Having focused on the vocabulary and the comprehension, that student is able to participate in group instruction in fifth grade, understands the content, knows the vocabulary. When oral recitation comes around, the general education teacher knows which three sentences that student is capable and competent to read, calls on that student at that time, and the student is able to do so successfully. If you ask that fifth grade student how he or she was engaged, how much engagement occurred under those conditions, compared to if a special education teacher does pull out and provide services, the title teacher is providing services, but they're not integrated, then that student is not going to be nearly so successful. The responsibility for integrating instruction across the tiers is not the students. It's the professionals who should be integrating that instruction into a single intervention plan that supports core instruction. The idea that those students are going to take from a pullout section and walk that material in their head back to core instruction, nice idea, isn't going to happen. So this instructional frame of RTI provides us with a way of differentiating and scaffolding instruction to meet the broad needs of students, but a couple of things have to happen. We can't have too many students in Tier 2 and Tier 3. We don't have the people there. Core instruction, effective core instruction is the place we start with RTI. Once we are going to move students into other tiers and begin to differentiate that that instruction, then we have the responsibility to ensure that that differentiated instruction is linked to core instruction, that the student understands how it's linked, and that teachers providing Tier 2 and Tier 3 instruction are collaborating and they're partners with that general education teacher. When that happens, Tier 2 and Tier 3 instruction becomes incredibly powerful. If it doesn't happen, RTI is simply another word for what we've always done. And the bottom line is, is that the results you get are pretty predictable if you do that. So RTI is not only a frame for instruction, it's a belief about what professionals need to do in order to ensure that what appears to be disintegrated instruction is in fact incredibly powerful. In this case, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Where are we with doing this RTI process? We're in the beginning. It takes a building four to six years to move from the current level way we do schooling to an RTI model. Florida is in, not its infancy, probably toddlerhood with this. Um, And over the next four to six years those of you who are watching this are going to be key players in this. So the question is, number one, are we committed to the fact that 95 percent at least of students can make proficiency. All students can learn. That core instruction is the basis of high-quality, effective instruction in all of our schools. And when we're going to provide supplemental or intensive instruction to students separate from CORE, what is our responsibility to each other and to the student to ensure that that instruction, in fact, results in all students making proficiency?